inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook. A show about accessibility. Advocacy. And equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Outlook, another Monday morning. We are on Radio Western this morning, and we will be a podcast shortly. Hello, Brian. Hello, Carrie. How are you doing today? Good. It's a nice day outside. Warming up, I think, this week. Yeah, we woke up this morning. It was like minus eight or nine, they said it felt like, and you didn't bring a coat, actually, Carrie. You came to stay with me here in London for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, luckily, I had some spare coats for you, but it is starting yeah. to warm up, which is which is nice. Yep. So thanks. Another morning, Monday morning for listeners today. Uh, it's March break, I guess, for the younger ones. But uh, um, thanks for tuning into the show today. I'm excited about this one. Been looking forward to it for a while. Yeah, this is a big one, Kara. Another great connection that you made here in Canada with uh, with Kids Can Press. And uh, we have a couple of uh, special guests on, on the show today to joining us. Yeah, so uh, Kids Can Press is a publisher out of Toronto, uh, but uh, our guest today um, worked on a book that the Kids the Kids Can Press has published called My City Speaks, and so our guests today are Darren LaBeouf and Ashley Barron, and Darren was is the author of, of My City Speaks, and Ashley is the illustrator. So welcome, both of you, to Outlook. Thank you. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> great to have you. Uh, you're both joining us today, so... So we have Ashley joining us from Toronto. Is that correct? Yeah. And then yeah, where are you from? Where are you calling in from today, Darren? Are you in Alberta, Darren? Oh, sorry, you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm in Edmonton. Edmonton, right? Edmonton, nice. I've never been to Alberta. Been to been to British Columbia a few times, but never uh, never Alberta. So. Yeah, I was living in North Vancouver when when I first started writing this book. Right. Oh, okay. Just moved a couple of years ago. Right on. And how does that compare? How does Alberta compare to Vancouver? Well, yeah. I'm originally from Alberta, so I'm nice got my be. roots here. Yeah. Right I mean, on. There's no ocean or mountains uh, from my window, but yeah, we found a re- I do love Alberta. We found a reading of the. We found a reading on YouTube of you reading the one of, one of the books. And yeah, my ocean is blue. You're reading on YouTube. And you were talking about an ocean of snow there in in Alberta. So. Yes, I was uh, very much in a snowbank when I read that. I recorded that. <laughs> yeah, so that both of you, so are you both involved in the other projects? Uh, so two other books that were published with Kids Can, My Ocean is Blue and My Forest is Green. Were you both involved in those, Darren? Uh, yeah, I was the author of those other ones and Ashley was the illustrator. Right. Yeah, so those are great too, but today we're talking about My City Speaks. And uh, so that is a book that... Um, I was the sensitivity, or I guess sometimes it's called the authenticity reader for consulting on that project. And it was my first time uh, consulting for a children's book, but um, I was a child once and I used to love uh, books and picture books. And uh, now that I, we have nieces and nephews, so it's really exciting to sort of share that book with them also, this next generation. Uh, so we're going to talk about the book today and my involvement in it and you guys, um, how that project went up for both of you. And... Uh, Great. Yeah, and we should mention that My City Speaks is available through Kids Can Press in hardcover and as well as an ebook. And you can grab it through their website, kidscanpress.com. And uh, it was released last year on September 7th, I believe. That's right, yes. So, and this again was written by Darren LaBeouf, who we have on, on the show today, and illustrated by Ashley Barron. So, Carrie, do you want to either set up a little bit about. How this, how you made this connection in the in the first place, and you also have a statement from the communications strategist Michaela Cornell for Kids Can Press to read. Yeah, I mean, we want to find out a bit about both of you, but I'd like to ask both of you first. Uh, Darren, uh, we'll start with you. Have you had you heard of sensitivity reading? Are you familiar with that at all? Um, no, not really. Not as a not as an official term. Yeah, I didn't know if authors had, had started hearing about it. It is fairly a fairly new thing, so uh, you know, no worries there. It's just it's interesting to hear anybody um, what people's mm-hmm. thoughts are on it. Um, how about you, Ashley? Have you are you familiar with that as a thing? Um, yeah, more 
more recently, I think in the past three, three or four years, I've heard of sensitivity readers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of carry. It's sort of just been a thing in the last few years, right? It's not. Yeah. I've worked on one children's book, this one, My City Speaks, and then I've done a few novel reads, uh, like some ro- historical romances and things. So that's sort of different, but uh, yeah, it's, it's great. And you know, not all authors, it's no, it's not a rule that you need to publishers need to go get a sensitivity reader but it is becoming more you know these days with we're focusing more on diversity and these things and trying to be more aware so when you write a book with different characters with different characteristics it's it's often good to get um their lived experience which is what they got from me on this project um but uh, i'm excited to hear more about both of you and your involvement and role obviously um sensitivity reading for people who aren't really aware is that you just get someone with lived experience so in my city speaks it's about a little girl who is blind and she's out with her father for the day exploring her city and she's exploring it through her other senses not visually obviously so um whereas the other project you two did on this uh you know my ocean is blue and my my forest is green obviously in the title right there you know it focuses on the colors of those environments but they're just as beautiful and uh I was going to say I love the ocean and, and nature, the idea of being out in a forest. It's very meditative. So it, those are lovely books also. And uh, we got to see Darren reading one of them there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so basically I, I, I read the book. They sent me a sort of a, a copy of the book. Uh, I started in 2020 already. but um, So yeah, I read the book and I just gave my thoughts and impressions on the character and how she's portrayed. Um, but uh, maybe we'll start with you, Ashley. Do you want to tell us uh, your involvement on this project, how you got involved? Um, sure. So um, I was working closely with my editor, um, Jennifer Stokes, mm-hmm. who's, uh, she's now at Owl Kids, but at the time she was at Kids Camp Press. And so um, the first book, um, uh, My Forest is Green, um, I don't know, I, I jumped on the chance to work on that because I just love all the forest imagery. I just really enjoy um, drawing nature and um, and foliage and, and animals. And then um, after that, it looked like uh, we were gonna make a series with this. So the next book coming up was My Ocean is Blue. And um, uh, same thing, I also really, I also really enjoyed the calmness of that, of, of just focusing on a beach and um, the water and such. So when My City Speaks came up, um, I was a little nervous because I'm not very well. Um, at the time I hadn't drawn a lot of cars or perspective or... Um, a city is uh, kind of I, the opposite of a nature, yeah, natural we're going, environment. We're going from urban environments and, you know, cityscapes to, you know, the natural world landscape. So it is different, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, just the thought of, of my, so my medium is paper collage and just the thought of illustrating a crowd of people kind of, kind of made me a little nervous because I know how long it takes just to do a couple people <laughs> in a scene. So I was, um, I was a little, I was a little nervous about taking on this project for that reason. But of course, in the end, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And, um, you know, my, my editor had told me, you know, you don't have to focus on a big city scene for every page. We can zoom in on like the personal intimate experiences right so like there's a page where the little girl's walking past some garbage cans and there's a raccoon and so just zeroing in like that kind of gave me confidence to um to to take it on (laughs) not as overwhelming to kind of break it down and figure out you could just focus on more specific things instead of this whole very detailed cityscape of everything that's that's going on um, exactly, but so so it's interesting because you know Carrie and I are both blind, so unfortunately we can't we can't look at your illustrations. But I wanted you to talk a little bit about your your process of it. It sounds like a really unique like we got some great comments actually 
Darren will talk briefly in a bit that I see that you're also a photographer and so is our brother. So he commented on a lot of Ashley's illustration in this book and so did our mom. Just how neat it is in the style of this of the the, the paper and the way that you, you approach it. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, like my... Like my process? Well, maybe ex- explain to people who haven't seen the book and maybe didn't know. So what? what's the term you call it? Collage? Uh, yeah, I call it anything from paper cut collage to collage. But um, basically what I do is I take normal papers you get from the art store and I'll print little patterns on them or, or paint texture with a coarse paintbrush and, and add extra colors to them. And then what I do is, um, before that even happens, I start, you know, all, all of the artwork starts as a sketch, like a pencil line drawing. Mm-hmm. And right. so that sort of, that sort of acts as my guide. So I basically trace the, the pencil drawing into little parts and, and overlap tissue paper and cut over the tissue paper onto the other paper to cut out the pieces. So, wow. um, and how? Yeah, and I. I yeah. Sorry, Go I ahead. use very simple things. Um, I use glue stick, like the kind kids use at school, and I use um, mostly an exacto knife, hmm. like a small exacto knife to cut through. Which um, kids shouldn't use. <laughs> yeah, not safe for kids, so, maybe, but the exacto knife for the yeah. children, maybe not so much, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, not the exacto knife. Yeah. And so, how long have you been? How long have you been doing this sort of artwork? You've always been interested in in this. I, we read a bit of your bio online, but um, so it sounds like you had a, you know, you loved being outside and as a child, but you also had um, a lot of access to children's books. Uh, so, how long have you been doing art and this sort of art, and how did yeah. that develop for you? Right. So, um, I guess going back, my mom, my mom is an, or was an ECE teacher. Mm-hmm. and director of elementary school for the longest time. And we um, we always had in our spare bedroom, like a big closet full of picture books that she had collected for different, um, for different topics she'd be, she'd be running at the school. So anyway, I would always be looking through those. And I guess those have influenced me for sure, like any books we read as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, even though I was exposed to all those books, I really didn't know that that was an actual job, like being a picture book illustrator until um, much later on, like uh, entering OCAD, the the art school here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. Yeah, and even even at OCAD, I, I, I knew picture book illustrating was a thing, but we didn't really have many teachers that taught it or or focused on that. So it wasn't until after graduating that I had sent some of my artwork out to different places. And um, it was, uh, it was Owl Kids at first that hired me for my first picture book. And so it's been kind of, since then I've been just getting different projects every year. It's gotten around that you tell other publishers what you do and yeah. 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 I think once you put a book out there, it's a, it's, it helps you get more book jobs. Yeah, so. that's the same with my sensitivity reading, right? Like, um, I just start getting some recommendations and finding other projects through people, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Kara, I don't know. Do you have any, like, when, when Ashley talks about her process for for um, illustrating there, do you have any idea kind of what that might look like with the that style? Like, do you know kind of what... It's just, for me, never being... Like, I was born pretty much completely blind, um, I can see a bit of light perception, but it's hard for me to really imagine what it would look like. I just wonder, Carrie, do you have any kind of idea when, when Paul, our brother, or our mom sort of describes how neat these uh, the illustrations are? I do, but the longer I go, so I grew up as a child, I had low vision. So I could, like I said, I loved picture books. The brighter, the kind of the better. Uh, and I loved to color and draw. And then around my teenage years, I had some issues and my vision started to decline. So um, now I'm, I'm getting approaching Brian's level of, of blindness. So I, the longer I go with that, the more years that pass, you do start, things start to fade a little. Um, I was just going to say, as a child, my favorite books were Mr., Little Mr. and Little Miss books. Uh, I don't know if either of you are familiar with them. 
Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, the author was Roger Hargreaves, and uh, I used to get them from our library, and I loved them. They were so bright and different colors, and the print was so dark I could read it. Um, I used to read it on the bus going home from school, and um, but yeah, I, it's harder and harder for me to remember what things look like. But I really, my brain still tries. Um, but um, yeah. So yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, those books be very punchy to look at because it's just the character in the middle of the page and the big text. Like, yeah, I think that's why we love them as kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's just um, I, my brain still really tries. So even with this book, and uh, I'm going to read a statement here in a minute from Kids Can Press about about the book. But um, you know, they do include image descriptions of the photos, which is a new concept to a lot of people as well. But um, if you, Brian reading children's books as a kid, you read the words, but he's never seen pictures, as we said. So there are things that, you know, not the books don't have every detail mentioned in, in the words of the book of what you see in the pictures. So, But perhaps now, Carrie, let's, I think we should maybe move on to Darren for yeah. a minute and discuss now, Darren, a little bit about how you got involved with, with this project and, and writing, uh, writing My City Speaks. Uh, sure. Yeah, so this is um, it's the third book in... Uh, the series, the first one being My Forest is Green. Mm. Right. And the original concept with that one was just kind of perceiving your surroundings in a, in a different way. Like a forest isn't just a group of trees. It's all the little tiny things that that make that exist in it. That's every little blade of grass it's the texture of the bark it's the sounds of a chipmunk or a bird it's all these little things that contribute to a forest and I wanted to kind of get that across in that first book because that's kind of the thing I do when I'm going out for a walk or something I'm just absolutely obsessed with every little detail uh, as, a, then, as a photographer, like how did that, because so that's how you see your world also, like you're always thinking about uh, images and, and your surroundings, obviously detail as a photographer, but then you became yeah. an author. Yeah. So how did that all work? <laughs> okay. So actually the, uh, the original, like the very original thought for this, my going back to my forest is green. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I've tried to take photographs of these forests in Vancouver because they have the most gorgeous forests out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no matter, every photograph just looked like a group of trees. So I had this idea of what if I, instead of one big photograph, I took hundreds of little photographs of all these little different things and then put them together in like a big like exhibit or something. You know, it was just kind of a loose loose idea I had in my head. Uh, and then I, I couldn't tell you exactly when or how that I made the leap from, you know, that thought to, you know, what if this was a, what if this was a children's book, uh, describing all these little things and you kind of follow this character, um, you know, perceiving and, and not just, not just the, not this, just the shapes and colors, but like say the textures, the sounds, just the, the feeling of being out there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I always actually did imagine it as a series. You know, I, I imagined uh, oh, the ocean would be another one that would make sense and the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the publisher came back after my Forest is Green asked to do a second one, I was kind of already, I'd already been thinking about that. You are already there. Yeah. And then the, the three books, the series, they they kind of evolved from from one to the other. Um, so the character in the first book is uh, he's like a little artist, so he's interpreting the forest, and we see him. You know, he experiences his forest, and then he goes home and he's creating artwork based on these little things that he experiences. And then the second one, um, the character is uh, she's kind of simply enjoying a a day at the beach with her mom and. You know, feeling the hearing the waves crashing and all these things, uh, and then the publisher when they uh, kids can press when they asked me about doing the third book, the My City Speaks, uh, 
they had the idea of, you know, taking it in the direction that it ended up taking that it's more about the, the sounds and the textures and the smells of the city. So taking that idea and then, you know, taking it in this direction, which mm-hmm. is really exciting for me to uh, write about. Yeah. Well, there's so much, like you talk about all of the, the other senses specifically in today where we're, referring to My City Speaks, but all of these books from what I'm gathering are have that similarity, of course, being the series and everything, but these words like pitters and patters and drips and drains and echoes and trills and... Splashes both, and crashes. And- both smelly and sweet. So they're just very descriptive words. They're they're tapping into all of those different senses of, of smell and and uh, sensation and, and sound and all of these things that we talk a lot about on the show about how writing visual descriptions of things is so common and that's kind of the seems to in a lot of cases be the default to describe something whereas there's so much else in our experience in life that it isn't just visual and so having tapping into more of those senses in writing is something I'm you know we're talking about more and more and it makes things you know more inclusive in the fact that in in my city speaks the the the, the little girl in this book is is blind you know, it helps to kind of have that that perspective with well, all, with all of these descriptive words and, and senses, and and I just think Darren that the the writing there is very, very um, you know, lively, and it gets just it's it's fun. It's a fun type of book, so you can definitely see see the uh, the attraction there for 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 children. And I gotta say, they end to spoil it a little. <laughs> the end, the little girl ends up at a violin recital, and uh, so when I got the book, I was like, "This is perfect." Uh, I didn't, I haven't learned played violin since childhood, but I, I did start learning as an adult. So I thought that was funny, and uh, I plan to give this book to my niece. She's five now, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm trying to decide how I, what I want to write for the inscription for her. I'm gonna write one in Braille, um, and uh, I, uh, I'm gonna try and let, get her to. Um, refer to the the little girl in the book as um, being named Carrie because they don't get. I don't think they give a name for the little girl in the book. So nope, there's no names. Could be anyone. <laughs> but I just think it's great for her 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 aunt. Um, as you know, to see a, oh, there's a little girl with a cane that could be Carrie, right? Like uh, so. I, yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know if we even mentioned that yet. That that in the in the images in the, in this book, you see in the illustrations, you see the 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 cane. That the that the girl has in in the books and Carrie, you also the book that you the version that you have is a print braille, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, they released it with an, uh, an organization we've been talking about on Outlook for a while. Uh, NELS National Network for Equitable Library Service. Um, Ashley, were you aware of them? Uh, I think I was because a friend of mine had a book that was turned into braille. Hmm. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, years yeah. ago, so I, I have heard of it. Yeah. Awesome. And what about you, Darren? Not until just now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. They're st- they're still growing, and we, you know, even yeah. a few years ago from now, we hadn't heard of them. Yeah, and I hadn't heard of them five. They years are ago. starting to get talked about more and more, which is which is great um, to see more and more books being made accessible, and especially in this case, the the children books with the the braille and the print still there, and the and the photos, so that you know Carrie can read read books to her niece, or I could read book you know these types of books to mm-hmm. to, to our niece here. So it just it makes things so so inclusive, and and that's what we're all about here on Outlook. So. And I'd really like the book. I'd like to see the book in in, in every library and every uh, you know school library for children because you know the more books we get out there like this, uh, the more people will see characters with uh, you know a, a child with a cane in a book or you know. And then when you see someone out and about with one, maybe you'll have a bit more understanding. And uh, you know, if we talk to kids about this when they're young, kids are very open and uh, very very accepting and you know very curious, obviously. And so. I was really excited to see this book out there and then to get a copy was great. So yeah. Uh, yeah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say when I was uh, going to make the illustrations for this book, I really did try to look for other books that featured children holding canes. And um, what did you come up with? Yeah. Did you have any luck? Uh, not much, to be honest. Um, the reference library in Toronto here, I think it was uh, pre-pandemic, so maybe like three years ago, had uh, a show about books featuring disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I did get to see some books, uh, but, but these were books from all over the world. So I don't think, um, 
And, and when it came to the, the books about blind or for the blind, like there's kind of two categories, right? There's, there, they featured some books for um, blind children to actually touch with like textures and stuff, like mm-hmm. really interactive books. Right. Right. Um, and then I think there was one where it, the character, um, the character was, was blind. So, um, anyway, I just, uh, that was my first taste of them. And I, I hadn't, um, haven't really seen much. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. That's why we talk about these things on Outlook and that's why we're trying, and that's why we love Nels because they are really doing great work and they're, they're reaching out to publishers like Kids Can Press and so working to make these books accessible and like you say, with certain children's books that are tactile and, and I used to get those ones with scratch and sniff, like their kids are so great and, and it, it, can, it can work for every kid. It doesn't, you know, sighted children love those things as well. So that's why it makes it more inclusive and so kids can be together and they can all experience these things and, and learn through these kind of books. And while, you know, in one way you can look at it like, oh, it's a shame that there's not stuff out there, but at the same point, we that can change, and this is a great example of it to, to come across a book like My City Speaks, where these this, this stuff is going to happen more and more the more we start we talk about, continue to talk about diversity and intersectionality and all of these important things about uh, acceptance and, and uh, being very inclusive for all, so it's a great direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe I'll read the statement then, Brian. We have time. Yeah, do you want to read it before break? We yeah. have a few minutes here before the break, so maybe you can read the statement about that Kids Can Press sent to you, um, mm-hmm. kind of summing up what uh, their their overall, you know, goal is and as a as a publisher and, and yeah. what they. So this represent. is from the communications strategist uh, Michaela Cornell, and she says Kids Can Press is committed to publishing books that represent the breadth and depth of children's experience, including characters with varied physical, intellectual, and or cognitive capabilities. What we love about illustrator Ashley Barron's interpretation of uh, Darren LaBeouf's text in My City Speaks, in My City Speaks, and My Ocean is Blue, for example, that is the child's use of an aid, which is the white cane, is incidental to the storyline, but provides a jumping off point for discussion between parents and their children and educators and students. And uh, so she says, Nels, which we mentioned, um, Braille edition of My City Speaks, allows uh, kids can press to expand the accessible offerings of this particular uh, title. The majority of our children's print books are simultaneously published in an ebook format with read along author. But for My City Speaks, we introduced standards that are still being shaped for fixed layout children's ebooks, including coding that tells screen readers software everything about the structure of the book and readers with different abilities what they may encounter in the book. And um, the other major piece to this is the inclusion of alt text, fully written descriptions of the um, artwork. We hope to introduce these standards in more of our eBooks going forward. So as we say, um, alt text, we can talk more about what that is, but um, the, the the text printing of the book will include the American Libraries Association's Schneider Family Awards seal on its cover, their next release of it. My City Speaks uh, won the the award earlier this year, recognizing author illustrators of books that embody an artistic expression of the disability experience for child and adolescent audiences, which Kids Can Breast publishes books from all the way from children's picture books for preschoolers all the way up to like young, sort of young adult adolescent books so yeah so that's a really great statement summing up all of the amazing things that kids can press does and great too that they're canadian based out of toronto founded back in 1973 and still going strong so it's just great like like you say so great to to come across a publisher that's uh that's covering these important things and really including diversity in their in their work Mm mm-hmm but uh, yeah, today, if for anyone who has just tuned in or has been listening, we're speaking with Darren LaBeouf, writer of the book My City Speaks, along with the illustrator of this book, Ashley Barron, published through Kids Can Press. 
And we are going to take a quick break now on Outlook. But then we will be back with more of our discussion today after these ads. You're listening to 94.9 Radio Western. Outlook. Radio Western. Welcome back this morning to Outlook on Radio Western, and we are here today live. Me and Brian interviewing an illustrator and an author of a children's book called My City Speaks, and the publisher of that book is uh, Kids Can Press, which we said before the break they've been publishing books since 1973 out of Toronto, and they have a list of over 500 picture books, nonfiction, and fiction titles for toddlers to young adults. And uh, I was saying there that one of the books that they're known for is their um, Franklin the Turtle books, which I do remember as a child. Uh, so great work through Kids Can. And so today we're talking with uh, Ashley uh, Barron, the illustrator, and Darren LaBeouf, the author of the book. Thanks again, guys, for joining us on Outlook for the second half here. Happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, so, it's always interesting when you have two guests and you kind of yeah. say, thanks for coming. And then person's like, what should I speak? Should I speak? And it's sometimes just like an awkward sort of uh, silence. And yeah. while I'm bringing up things here, Kara, just, just a little technical thing. Um, I like to be uh-huh. open with the listeners. Try and maybe back off the mic a little bit. I hear you kind of bumping your mic a bit here, Kara. Sorry about that. Um, so just be aware of that. But uh, anyway, on with the show. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, like we want to be open here because, you know, Brian and I are very honest, open people and we like to discuss things and we're talking about tough <laughs> subjects sometimes. And, uh, you know, as blind people, we're pretty open, but we understand that there can be, uh, you know, some awkwardness around things and not everybody has tons of experience with blind people and disability. Uh, so it can feel awkward, but we hope today that the guests um, understand that, you know, <laughs> we'll have an open discussion here and it's great to have you both here. So we're hoping to do that here in the remainder of the show. And we're both very casual, chill people. So, you know, we, mm-hmm. we're open-minded and we like to keep things very conversational and casual on this show. And obviously we cover some serious topics and we have some pretty in-depth in and in, in discussions, but we also like to keep it lighthearted sometimes and keep things fun and, and not not sound too serious sometimes you know certain radio and certain things you turn on and it's just it almost feels too too over the top or too uh it doesn't feel authentic so i really like radio that's and that's darren enough. darren you were saying that uh, your 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 is it your son might be making an appearance at some point because you got him there uh looking after him there uh, the other yeah the idea is that he doesn't come in but <laughs> yep well that's no, no yeah it's no problem i mean um is, is this the child so you have two children or more that. That's right. Yeah, because in the as we said, we uh, we came across a YouTube video of you reading uh, "My City Speaks." This book, I it, think it was the other book, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was "My Ocean Is Blue." Yeah. So yeah, you were in the snow reading "My Ocean Is Blue." No ocean nearby, but uh, I think in the video there, uh, your son is it your son that makes an appearance at one point? I don't know when uh, you yeah, read, read the book. One of my do I mean that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, I think Jasper is that one of your children's name? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's, you know, that's, I could hear a, a child's voice in the background as you were reading. And then all of a sudden you, you um, said, <laughs> I'm in the middle of reading, but uh, um, go play in the snow. So, yeah. So just a brief summary again for our listeners, if, if anyone has just tuned in, uh, but uh, we were talking about the book, My City Speaks, released through Kids Can Press. And this, this book features a, a blind little girl in, in the book. And that's something that we were talking about that doesn't happen enough in literature and it's great to see it starting now and especially for children right when you're learning and you're you're younger and you're you know very impressionable at that point and and you're uh, very open-minded and innocent so it's really great to see but care one of the questions we like to ask our guests and i think we'll start here with ashley is and this is this can become a little awkward i think carrie sometimes you talk about disabilities and people aren't as confident maybe because they're just they don't want to offend or the thing is, you're never going to get anywhere if you don't just open up and ask questions. So I always like to know, before this project, and I'll start with Ashley, did you have any experience with blindness throughout your life? Like, did you know anyone who was blind growing up? Or did you had any th- knowledge on that kind of stuff? Or was this sort of a new world to you to, to learn about when, uh, when this opportunity came about? I would say... It is mostly a new world um, to me. I I have met blind people um, out and about in the city. Like um, uh, I remember meeting a, 
a man, a young man who uh, on, hopped on the streetcar with me. Um, I think actually he, at one point he was asking me while we were waiting for the streetcar, like, when is it coming? What not? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so we got on and we sat and, and chatted for a bit and he was heading eastward to go play curling. Actually, there's oh. a curling ring here in Leslieville. So nice. he's kind of describing how that works for him and um, how there's like uh, people that curl with him that are sightseeing, uh, that can see. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that sort of happened, that, that interaction sort of happened, I would say maybe six months before this project came along. Um, but also before that, I have some friends who do um, certain activities with blind people, um, like uh, tandem bicycling nice. around the city. Oh yeah, yeah. We have a we have a tandem bike uh, in, in Carrie's garage there, and yeah, we had it growing up, and uh, we actually lived out in the country, not on a farm, but in with like a two lane, pretty busy highway with a hill over, like the cars popped up over the hill. So it was it wasn't the best environment to go tandem biking, but we used to with our brother and our our father and things, and then we eventually would bike into town to our grandmother's house in Woodstock, the the town nearby. Um, and yeah, I've had it ever since in my garage, and it's sort of gotten a little bit old and needs some repairs occasionally but um and i would like to find uh, people again to go out and do that with because uh, it's not always easy to find someone so um so nearby but yeah that's one of the activities that people engage in that's great um great for everybody to get out and that's the nice thing about being in toronto too i lived there for five years uh Oh, like 10 years ago now, but I lived so there for a five-year period. Yeah, so I was all over the place in Toronto on the subways and streetcars. And, and like you say, they just have so many so many people there. So you have those the curling and all these things that, you know, sometimes in a smaller city, more urban areas, it's harder to find that those services are for blind people because, of course, we are such a minority. And that's the thing, you know, so many people don't really have any connection to blindness or know anyone who's blind. And that's just totally, you know, reality. But at the same point, we're, we're trying to change that by changing the the barriers that do affect blind people from being able to participate fully in society so that there are more of us out there. Of course, we're still a small portion of the population, but you know, the more that we're out there and the more involved we are, we, we can be in, in all areas of life, the more it will become more uh, normalized for, for anyone. And generally we're just, people are awkward when it's a new situation or something that they're not as comfortable with. So we're trying to, trying to change that. I'm glad you're open about it like that too. Yeah, well, like we say, when people get worried they're going to be offense, offend, like offending someone, it's, I mean, sometimes, you know, we're like anyone else. If we're out and about and we're having a bad day, if we have an interaction with somebody, we could snap, right? Like some people will grab you without asking and they do certain things because they think they're helping. And if, you know, you're having a bad day or you're late, you might kind of snap at the person. And then, you know, we feel like then we're responsible for the whole blindness community and not wanting people to think that we're all, you know, rude, unapproachable people when that's not true, obviously. We're a cross-section of the the population like anyone. So, um, but yeah, it's... um, it's great to be open about this stuff when you can have discussions and not worry about these barriers about offending each other. And um, so that's, you know, that's what we strive for here on Outlook. Yeah. Yeah, it actually would have been great to talk with you guys while I was making the sketches for the book. Well, see, that's what I wanted to discuss a little bit was I don't, I wasn't directly involved, you know, in every way. So I was curious about when you guys got involved and how much communication there is between the both of you, between the publisher, and how the process of of, of um, authenticity or sensitivity reading is becoming more common, uh, how that will change. There aren't really a lot of guidelines about how it's done. And I think I was involved in the project as a children's book. It was a little hard. I mean, with you know, with a novel, I read the book. They send me the book. I have it in an accessible format. I can read it with my Braille display here. I can you know listen with my software, my voice software. Um, so that was one thing. But a children's book, you know, as we say, it had it has these alt text and these images. So I wasn't really, I had to ask my mother, who I trust totally, to look at these sketches that they sent in, in, in this, um, you know, version of the book. And I didn't know what what time, what, you know, where in the process things were. And so I gave my feedback. And sometimes you wonder how of it, how much of it will be taken into account. You know, there's no guarantee they will, you know, do everything you suggest. And um, I had an idea, uh, both of you, Ashley and Darren, that I thought 
the, the little girl with the cane, one of the sounds that should have been incorporated maybe in the book was her cane tapping because that's a sound like any other. Um, so mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of talk here in the second half of the show with both of you about how, um, yeah, it would have been great if we could have communicated when, when Darren was writing it and when uh, Ashley was illustrating, just to sort of a bit of back and forth. So my suggestions, I didn't know if the book was sort of fully formed, how much they would be able to take my suggestions into account if, if at all and uh, that's just how it's going to work we're going to have to sort of practice yeah i mean until the together. until the community spreads and people are aware of, of bl- more blind people out there that that would be fit for this type of role and carrie here my co-host is a great example because she's a writer and author and and you know that's her specialty so this is just definitely something that you know that sort of came out of came out of nowhere for you the last few years care but it is a neat concept and, and ashley there you talk about but it would have been nice to have that connection before but the thing is it's totally understandable that we didn't because mm-hmm. we just it's all new and and people are trying to find ways to connect and, and realize that we are out there so it's all a learning experience and that's what's what's great about it and how about you Darren were you were you ever familiar with blindness up close in the community or otherwise uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to say no like my my sister is in a wheelchair she has been her entire life okay so, so I'm, disability. I'm yeah, so I'm certainly, you know, have a lot of uh, experience and awareness of um, people with disabilities, but uh, no, I can't really say that I've had a whole lot of experience with um, anybody in my life with blindness. Or and that's totally cool because it's one of those things that, you know, I think like I, I know our older siblings, Carrie and I have two other siblings and they are both sighted and I think was one of them that went to school I, th- I think originally and was like how come there's no other blind kids here like because they're both their their brother and sister were blind and they just maybe assumed that there were more blind people out there but the thing is when you're when you're in the world and that's your life you sometimes forget that it's not you know it's not that common so yeah they were always asked the question what is it like to have a brother and sister who are blind and she's like I don't know what is it like to not what, I, it's, it's all like, like to have a brother and sister who can see it's, like, all, I don't I, know. it's, it's all I know yeah. um, so, yeah, so but not everybody has that but yeah I mean Darren obviously has the uh, experience with the and, wider disability disability world, which we do talk about. Yeah. I mean, obviously the the main focus here is blindness because we're both blind, but we, we want to, and we have been, and we want to continue to talk more and more (laughs) about all disabilities and, and, and and all of that stuff because it's, it's all, you know, it's a tricky movement to get the disability movement kind of, you know, happening more out there because we're all so varied and there are so many different disabilities, but we're just trying to, trying to change that. So. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you've seen a lot of, you know, barriers with, with your sister there, Darren, you know, access with wheelchairs and things that same sort of barriers. Yeah. And I think it's the same kind of thing with your siblings. Like, uh, you know, I kind of grew up witnessing it and being, you know, right there for it. And I don't really know what it's like not to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like not to, um, you know, take the ramp into a building rather than the steps. Yeah, and there are still buildings out there, like um, in my community, there are still buildings on our da- in our downtown area that are not accessible for wheelchairs, and that's not, you know, that's not okay in 2022. We need to do better, yeah. and uh, we're working on that, but different provinces obviously do things differently. And um. But Kara, I think going back to the book again, so we talked maybe a little bit about then, so in the in the photos, there is, there is the cane that the, the little girl has in My City Speaks, but Kara, other than that, I don't think in the text itself there's really a mention of of blind I don't know if the word blind is in the book at all mm-hmm. um, and this is not at all a you know like this this book is amazing and we're, we're here to promote it and and this is this is the greatest yeah I'm know. proud of it I'm, I'm sharing it around and I, I love that I have a copy of this that I'll gift to my niece as I said and uh, other people other friends and things I'll recommend it um, but we and we want to have these open discussions on Outlook because we want to keep learning and, and growing with these things yeah, so I just wonder, like, in the in the process of, of writing this this book, like, was that at all a discussion? I just I sometimes question that a little bit in the sense of it's in the photos, but it's it's sort of that balance with disability about not making it a big deal all the time, but also sometimes people just they want just let's not even think talk about it because it 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 creates sort of that awkward thing sometimes because we don't talk about it enough. So sometimes I just wondered a little bit about was that a decision at all not to include the word blind or the word being specific about that at all in the text itself because you know somebody who obviously the image descriptions help in that sense but not having that 
I'm not sure. Yeah, for little sighted children, like well, I always, I often do, kind of wonder. I mean, my my niece sees me with my cane, so she can maybe see, look at that, and then look at the book. But other kids who may not have been as familiar with white canes or with canes, I wonder if if they notice. I'm sure they notice, but you know, do you think it becomes a topic? And do you think some parents will? I mean, I would think some parents might say, "See that what she's holding there? You know, this little girl is blind," and you might explain it, but. Darren, were there discussions when when you wrote this between you and the publisher, maybe, or or Ashley, maybe at all too, um, about using that word in the dialogue at all, or not really? Uh, you know, I do. I do love that idea of uh, if I had included the sound of the cane tapping. Yeah, but uh, but the the text of the book, like in, in in any of the books in the series, it's all the text is about the outward experience i suppose mm-hmm. right uh there's no there's no mention anything uh, at all of it, you know of the characters uh, so yeah even if i don't i don't know if it would have made sense in in any scenario to mention uh blindness mm-hmm and like we say, you know, there's this fine, it's a fine line whether to, to point it out or not and whether children will pick up on that because, um, you know, we can't know what it, what the experience is for every child who comes across the book uh, or what's being taught about it. But um, I didn't know, you know, we don't have the publisher here obviously today to talk about that, um, get their sort of thoughts on it. So I, that's why I, I'm asking you while well, we have you here. Um, but uh, we yeah, totally well, uh, my thought is, sorry, uh, as you can say, I mean, I... I, I like that it's there that and that it isn't mentioned. It, I, I think that's the kind of thing that you know it just normalizes things when they exist and you don't have to draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I see both sides of it for sure. For sure, and I do think it's it sometimes comes down to that balance of of maybe mentioning it, but at the same point, I see your point as well about really just focusing on the on the senses and the and the the surroundings and all of that, but not focusing specifically on the in inner parts of the of the characters and and uh and you know what disabilities they may have um and again the fact that it is in the image is that you know that that is a big part for a lot of people and they'll see that and, and hopefully it'll come up i just sometimes i it's more of a wonder if if it's in the text maybe then it would get talked about a bit more than if it's just in the photo maybe it sort of well what, isn't mentioned at all and what we just, often say about blindness is that there's a lot of different ways to describe blindness there's visual impairment right? There's sightless, there's low vision, because blindness is a spectrum, as we talk about a lot. Um, We recently featured um, another book about blindness, which is not for children, obviously, but in in there, there's a lot of discussion about what words we use to describe disability, and um, a lot of people are afraid to be bluntly saying the word blind. They think, you know, that's not, it's the same with disability, right? There's differently abled, and and, and there's no judgment here. It's just a discussion about language. In a lot of ways, we're kind of the opposite in the sense of, of course, not constantly, and again, we don't. Generally, you know, I have both blind and sighted friends, but a lot of sighted friends, and I hang out with them, and we don't talk about it really ever because they just no. they know me for so long and they don't think about it. It's like a brother or, or siblings. But same point, we also don't want to be the type that's like, oh, you can't use the word blind because I think it's important we say that word. If it's, you know, it's like anything. If you don't say things, then well, there's a lot of shame when you're blind in, in the blindness community. You know, even when you've lived with it all your life. Uh, you know, as I said, I've lost more sight over over the years, and so sometimes you feel shame. Sometimes you feel embarrassment. Sometimes you feel like you stand out. Sometimes you feel like you're invisible. Um, and so you know this about what words to be using and, uh, you know, that we aren't offended by the word blind because we're trying to not feel shame about that. So it's a great discussion to have. So, um, you know, hopefully you guys understand what we're getting at here and uh, to share our sort of thoughts on it. Yeah. And it also, it all kind of starts to tie back a little bit to ableism ingrained in society that we talk more and more on the show. And a lot of it's in the blindness community itself. We're, we're, we're a lot, there's a lot of ableism in our, our own community. Internally, yeah. We can't do this or that, but it's because a lot of it's been what we've been told many times when really there are ways to do most things. They just need to be adapted in a certain way. So. Mm -hmm. We are speaking today on Outlook with the author and illustrator of the book, My City Speaks, published through Kids Can Press. We have Darren LaBeouf, the the author, and Ashley Barron, the illustrator on Outlook Today Care. And we have about 10 minutes left on, on today's program. Yeah, I, I did want to mention about Ashley. So we talked about seeing Darren there on YouTube. Uh, Ashley, I found a, a YouTube video of you um, making a uh, lily pad. 
<laughs> so that was kind of fun to watch. And even though I can't see anymore, I don't know if you guys were familiar growing up with uh, Mr. Dress Up. It was a program that used to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he used to have a segment on his show all the time where he would make a craft. And so you would just watch him making this thing and he would sort of narrate. But he, you know, I could see more at the time. I used to love watching television and I could see better. And I used to watch him making crafts on the screen. So it kind of reminded me of that kind of fun. You did some describing and about how you would do it and um, art projects. I, I am trying to get back more into art because... As I say, as a child, I love visual art. Uh, I love, you know, dark markers. I have scented markers, and uh, I used to love to draw. And I do miss that. Like, being blind, you know, these are realities that I've lived with this my whole life, and I'm, I'm pretty well adjusted, but, you know, it is still hard sometimes. You know, we do miss things once we uh, no longer are able to see what we used to, and you have to learn to accept that. But I did love watching in those kind of videos and uh, making art projects like that. So it's it's fun to think about that. But um, as far as, as far I as have you, a question for you, though. Do yeah, they yeah. can you still find scented markers? Yes, actually. So I had them as a child. My uh, my my Braille teacher and my, uh, you know, assistants I had in school. So Brian and I were both in our um, neighborhood school. We weren't at school for the blind. And so we had um, some extra help and instruction. And they they got a hold of the uh, packs of those back in the day. And then more recently, I guess uh, maybe. Hmm. As a teenager, I, I came across them again and bought a pack. When I still had a bit more sight, I was able to still see a little. And since then, I bought them again maybe five years ago or something. And I did. I found them. I don't even know where I found them anymore. <laughs> but I have a few packs <laughs> at home in my drawer. And so I can. I thought about getting back into art because I thought, well, I can barely see anymore. And I can no longer see colors, which is still hard to you know deal with sometimes and I miss but uh, I was like well at least I would know what color I'm using because I could smell them and I could still try and make some art it would be very abstract of course but why not yeah. what, what's the harm it's good good fun and I think I think actually there are tactile coloring books available somewhere I, I do I do know oh, that there's like a, a, um, a sort of tactile painting sets you can buy on Amazon that I could check out. But um, I think it's great. But there's so other many other ways of, of doing art, right? Like there's, you know, other forms that don't necessarily require sight. Uh, but yes, I did get a, another pack of those markers lately. Uh, they're, they're great. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm just so glad because for some reason, I had them in grade two and I loved them. Mm-hmm. And um, they're called Mr. Sketchy, I yeah, think. Mr. Sketch, yeah. Pack. Yep. And... My t- I think the school eventually banned them because the scents were too strong for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I have never, ever considered them being a tool for a blind person, like, to make art. Yeah, I was lucky and- enough just to have great, you know, teachers for the blind and, and people aides and braille transcribers and things and who, who thought of those sort of things. And, uh, you know, they used to make Brian a lot of diagrams and pictures with um, felt and velour and, and glue gun and, uh, you know, tactile maps. And there's a lot of ways to be creative that um, blind children can take. Tapping into all those other senses that we were talking about with My City Speaks, where it's not just the visuals for, for most things. There's there's so many different areas. And even me with the, the markers, I wasn't quite as into that because I couldn't see the, the drawing. But I do remember, you know, the fact that they you could smell them, I thought that was pretty neat, and I think I definitely used them a little bit as well as a kid. So, well, I'm thinking maybe maybe you want to try paper collage because actually, if you were here uh, in my studio, I could let you feel the illustrations. I was I wondering about them. that how that would work because I felt like there would be a tactile part to that the way that you you make your illustrations. There, there kind of is because I raise certain parts of the picture with cardboard underneath so that I create shadows. And so I never thought of it this way, but I guess you could just kind of, you could feel it with your fingers where certain parts are lifted. I don't know how much sense it would make, but I'm just thinking if you, if you wanted to try paper collage, you could do that um, just starting out with like the shapes you're aware of and, 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 um, yeah, building upon that. I don't know. It could be pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I should probably go to an art 
supply store sometime and check out all the different options for making art that is accessible to me because I get discouraged and think, well, I can't see colors anymore and I miss it and so my pictures aren't going to make sense and I, I don't even know. This is just depressing. So to find other ways and so, and it is also hard to find YouTube videos that are instructional that have enough description, um, you know, audibly for me to be able to follow along with what's happening. Um, but, uh, so your things are layered kind of and a bit tactile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the things that are closest to you are the last thing I put on the, on the page, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um, layers, like you were kind of saying. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. Someday we'd love to, love to come visit and, uh, and check it out. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> that's what it's like, right. To make connections with people. And so that we learn from each other as, as an artist, uh, you can learn, uh, how you can, um, make things more accessible and how other ways of doing things are out there and we can um, we can learn from each other in that way. Yeah, like Carrie, do you have any ideas for a children's book yourself? I've actually thought about it before. I do have a few ideas uh, that I would, uh, I was not, you know, I'm not familiar with that world and how you connect with the illustrator and things. As I said, our brother's a photographer. Um, our sister is, is an artist in her own way and my brother is an artist as well. He draws and uh, he used to make picture bright colored pictures of the Simpsons characters for me he would freeze an image with pause on our VCR and he would draw mm -hmm. these characters for me so I have a book of those and but I do have a few ideas yeah I would like to explore yeah, yeah that's maybe you should submit them mm -hmm. submit them somewhere and um because what happens with the publishers they they'll take you know they'll take your submission and then um, pair you with an illustrator so you don't mm. I think a lot of people don't realize you don't go into making a book with like the illustrations already made and you know mm -hmm. um, it is a it is a collaboration and yeah 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 well great we're talking again today about my city speaks which has actually as I said I want uh, you guys have been uh, you've won the American Library Association's uh, Schneider's Family Award. And uh, so I, I believe there's a ceremony for that later on this year. But um, so it's great that My City Speaks is getting some recognition. And as we said, the other two books in the series, My Ocean is Blue, My Forest is Green, are beautiful as well. And uh, great uh, gifts for our listeners out there. If you're interested in children's literature, if you have children in your life, uh, maybe check those out at kidscanpress.com. And today we are talking with Darren LaBeouf, who... Uh, authored My City Speaks and the other two, and Ashley Barron, the illustrator. Uh, so it's great to hear both of your perspectives today on this book and how it came to be. And uh, it's a beautiful keepsake. Yeah, and definitely go to kidscanpress.com and order a copy, an ebook or hardcover, or you can even get a print braille book through the National Network for Equitable Library Service here in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think we're wrapping things up here pretty much. But um, thanks again, both of you, for coming on. Darren, is there anything else you'd like to you'd like to mention while yeah, you're on air? Would you, or what? would you like to promote your guys, your guys' stuff? We'll start with you, Darren. Where can people find you? Um, Instagram. <laughs> That's where I spend most of my um, online time, I suppose. At I know I have a few accounts, but I had Darren LaBeouf, the, uh, at Darren LaBeouf. Mm -hmm. I also have... Uh, Sorry. Sorry, I was just, no, just going to quick mention too. I saw you have a website as well, landoflabeef.com. Land of Labeef. Which yes. is like a play on your name, which I thought was kind of interesting. And um, I don't know if that ties in with your with your photography or what exactly that website all entails, but that's a, I thought that was a really cool name for a, for your website. Yeah, it's actually, I, I do illustrations as well. Uh, obviously not for this series, but mm -hmm. that's kind of where my online home for all my illustrative work Awesome. And how Land of the Beef. Land of the Beef. Very cool. I love it. <laughs> I love that too, as a writer and things. I love clever things like that. Everybody follow, you know, go check out uh, Dar Darren's stuff. And how about you, Ashley? Where can people find you? Um, I have a website, um, just ashleybaron.com, but I also have Instagram and that's um, at underscore ashleybaron underscore. Um, Oh, yeah, I, I have a question. Do you do you use Instagram 
to Carrie and yeah, That's the chance thing we haven't really been able to get into today, but um, it is harder, right? Instagram is getting better. They're starting to do things, as we said, image descriptions, alt text, which is alternative text, to be able to describe it. Because Instagram is about a lot of, mostly about photos, right? Some, you know, There are some videos poetry, too, which have well, audio. Oh yeah, video is a popular thing, but for me to make videos, it, you got to find the right sort of equipment and software. So I haven't really explored it's, it's Instagram. It's doable. Enough. We know, we know a, a blind lawyer actually who's started up a, was that an Instagram or a TikTok that he started? I think maybe <laughs> Can't both. Remember. TikTok's kind of the same as well that yeah. we haven't gotten into it, but it's it's more visual, but it's doable. And sometimes it's just, you need maybe a little bit of guidance from somebody who is cited for, to make sure your photo looks okay or something is, mm-hmm. but it is getting better and better. And it's one of those things that it's an ongoing thing, but, and as far as the image descriptions, like there's proper ways to do it, but a lot of people I'm noticing more and more, and I actually found an amazing Facebook post last night, which I'll talk about next week, but yeah. where they gave an image description and you can often just write image description colon and then just write a little description along with the post. And that way, if someone who can't see comes across your post, they know kind of what's, uh, what's, in, what's in the picture. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I've been wondering about those. I haven't implemented them in my own Instagram and I feel horrible for that. Um, well, you know, nobody's perfect. And even we here at Outlook, you know, you don't get it right all the time. Yeah, we want to be, can't, uh, you know, we want to be accessible for people who who, who can't hear or are deaf. So we want to be able to have transcripts for our show. But currently it's just the two of us doing all the production and everything for this show. So there's only so much time in the day, right? And it's unfortunate because we want things to be accessible for all. So it's a it's an ongoing thing, but at least we're all trying, right? That's the important part, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks again, both of you, for coming on Outlook today. And good luck with the book. Hopefully, it's going to be up for some more awards. It certainly deserves them, in my opinion. And the book is beautiful. My City Speaks. So thank you both for being on Outlook today. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Thanks for your work with it, too, Carrie. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, definitely, we'll stay in touch. We'll send over the podcast when it's all up up online. And we will. uh, Great. All right. Thanks so much for coming on (laughs) Outlook. Thank you. Send us an email. Outlook on RadioWestern at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. 